Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father God. Worship you, Jesus. Oh, we love you so much, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the freedom to worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, that you are the word. Thank you, Father God. Worship you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All hail King Jesus. Hallelujah. He is our King. Hallelujah. That song, man. That song's anointed. Oh my gosh. Hallelujah. King Jesus. King Jesus. King Jesus. King Jesus. Hallelujah. All hail King Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know what makes him king is when you call him king. Hallelujah. He's king over your life if you call him king. If you need help, call him helper. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. My pastor says all the time, he might be your shepherd but is he your lord or he can't he can't be your shepherd until he's your lord hallelujah well, i have the honor of helping to receive the offering this morning so if you would take a seat uh, ushers if you don't mind serving the people please with an uh, envelope raise your hand if you need an envelope make checks payable to living word if you're making if you're writing checks out hallelujah if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Proverbs 4.20 real quick. If you don't, you can just listen or hurry up and download a Bible app and follow along on there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All hail King Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So we'll go to Proverbs 4, verse 20 in the King James. It says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them. And as our pastor has skillfully taught us, that word find means to enunciate them. So they are life unto those who enunciate them, and health, my footnote says medicine, so health and medicine to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. I'm going to camp on that verse for a little bit. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. The uh, Amplified says, put away from you false and dishonest speech and willful and contrary talk put far from you. So false and dishonest speech, we could easily say, oh, well, that's just telling lies. We know that. You shouldn't tell lies. You should be honest. But then he goes one step further. He says, willful and contrary talk. So willful means that your will's involved. So you didn't just accidentally tell a lie. Your will's involved in this. So if you can willfully talk contrary you can willfully talk not contrary and but it's contrary talk put far from you what's it contrary to the word pastor ken i love what he said uh the went the first wednesday night we recently had back in the youth room 
And uh, I don't know if you guys caught this, but I, I made sure to make a note of it. He said, when I hear people talk opposite of the word of God, the yoke is there. That's how you know the yoke is there. The yoke's not being destroyed by the anointing, which pastor again has skillfully taught us is the word, which is Jesus. So if you're ca- talking contrary to the word of God, you're going to keep your yoke. And if you will speak w- in line with the word of God, that anointing will destroy that yoke. It'll wipe it out. You'll go, what yoke? <laughs> what yoke? Um, so I wanted to bring up that verse. So I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, back in 2014, Sonia was still, I had graduated from Midland. Sonia was still competing with the women's team. And so I had, I think it was 2014. So I had started helping coach and would sometimes travel and help help the coaches um, and Sonia was out to wrestle and we'd been coming here I started coming here in 2012 so we had been coming here a couple years so we're getting the word we're getting the word we're getting the word we're getting the word um, we're still getting the word praise the Lord uh, but so we'd been coming here for a couple years getting the word and the I think the most uh, revolutionary word to my life was the word on healing and pastor just just hammered that into me and then gave me scriptures, gave me books, gave me Brother Hagen's book. And, uh, and I, I can't forget it. I just, I love it. Um, and so we were at this tournament and it was Sonia's turn to go out and wrestle. And, um, and she goes out to wrestle and she's a really strong girl uh, at that time. She's a woman now, but, uh, or a young woman. She was a really strong young woman then. But she, uh, she went out there and she she grabbed onto the other girl and she went to do a move and when she did she blew out her knee and and so my first thought wasn't oh no my sweetheart my first thought was but god i've been receiving the word and you said we're the healed and we're kept by the power of god and there shall no evil befall us neither shall anything complex Neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling. Your angels bear us up. I said, what happened? And that was my first thought was, what? This can't happen. So that something happened contrary to the word that I was receiving, and it didn't compute up here in my head, in, in, in our computer, in our little brain. And um, I was going, but God, and almost as soon as I could, so, and you can almost hear a, a, a note of, of uh, accusation in, in the way I said it was, and I didn't say it out loud, but I'm thinking to myself, but God. And so here I am, not really, I'm kind of accusing him of like, you said God. And it's almost as soon as I pointed the finger at him, he said, you're right. I did say that. And all of the blame shifted to her. And I go, but not my sweet Sonia. No, no. And it was like eye opening. I was like, what? And all this happened like within like a minute or so. I was like having this internal conversation with God, and she's on the ground, you know, in agony. And I was like, so, so, I, I, we we get her off the mat and get her over to the to the bench. You know, she's still in pain and you know wincing and holding her knee. She's crying. And uh, and then so I go and I sit down next to her and I go, we're gonna pray. So we prayed. And I said, Father, and during that prayer, I don't even remember thinking about saying this, but it came out. I said, I thank you, thank you that you show us what happened and where, we, where 
where the door was opened, where we missed it. Because when I, when I said, but God, and then he showed me where the blame was. It's, you know, if we're missing it, it's not on his end. It's on our end. And a lot of times we don't like to hear that because that means we got work to do. I know I got work to do. Um, and so I sat down and I prayed. And I said, Father, I thank you that you show us, uh, you show us what happened and, and how, this, how this came to be. Uh, because I know what your word says, so what happened? And as soon as we said amen and got done praying, Sonia goes, she goes, I did it. She admitted it. She said, I did it. She goes, I said, she was talking about another sport, but she goes, I said that if I was to ever do that, I would plant my feet on the ground and blow out a knee. And the move she went to do, you have to plant your feet and then go to turn. And so that's what she, she did exactly what she had confessed. And, I, and it was like, oh my gosh, that was a learning experience for me. And later on, I was reading this verse in Proverbs that it says, put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Now, before I was saved, I thought perverse lips was just, oh, you shouldn't say swear words. Those are naughty words. Those, the, yeah, you shouldn't say, you shouldn't say, you shouldn't say dirty four letter words. You shouldn't swear. You definitely don't swear in front of your parents. And you definitely don't swear, especially at grandma's house and church. You don't swear at church, but as soon as you leave church, it's okay. You know, um, that's, that's before I was saved. But now, but then I was reading this and I'm going, perverse lips put far from thee. Oh yeah, you shouldn't swear. That sounds simple. But then, when, and then uh, well, as I was reading this later on after that story, I was reminded of that story. And I realized that what she said was contrary to the word. And then when she said contrary to the word, contrary to the word is what gets to manifest. So I put a, I put this note in my in uh, my Bible says perverse lips is not just one who swears or talks openly of sexual things like dirty jokes. This is anyone who speaks wrong of a brother or sister, or even of one's own self against the body of Christ. Vain speaking or perverse lips against against the body of Christ. And then I and then it says, oh yeah, against the body of Christ. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat, the, eat or bear the fruit thereof. And uh, then I wrote in here, example, Sonia's knee. Oh, I even have the date. So it was 2015. 1-10-2015 at National Duels in Fort Wayne, uh, Indiana. That was when she injured her knee. So, uh, at, so what does this have to do with tithing? Well, your speaking has everything to do with tithing. Tithing and giving offerings uh, about prosperity. Now, pro one definition of prosperity is help along the way. I don't know about you guys, but a lot of times I need help. Uh, more, and you know what? The more things progress, it seems like the more help I need. And then it's almost like, have you guys ever been at a point where you need help? Or maybe you're, uh, you need some help, you need some help, and you're just not getting it. And then all of a sudden that help shows up, and what a relief that is. It's almost like being really thirsty, really thirsty, and then all of a sudden you get that cool drink of water, and how refreshing that is to you. That's what the Bible calls prosperity, help along the way. So uh, just a, a quick testimony from Sonia and I is um, things, things that almost seems sometimes like, man, things are just getting tight, and we don't give up. We, you just keep going in faith. We know it's going to work out, and then, and then all of a sudden something shows up and we're like oh my gosh I could not have done that 
And, uh, and so that's our, our help along the way. And you can choose to stay in that flow or you can choose to say, well, it's never gonna work out or things are just always this tight or, or we're, we're not increasing. The, uh, I was standing in our, Sonia's mother-in-law came and blessed us with a fence. Uh, Brother Jesse came and, and blessed me with many tools to help with that. And even the church has, has loaned me out some tools to help with that. Uh, one of my neighbors came over and looked at it yesterday. He goes, you guys put in that fence? I said, yeah, we're building it. He goes, you put that in? Yeah, me and my mother-in-law. He said, man, I would have thought you had a company come and do that. That thing looks, that thing looks good. That's a good looking fence. I said, yeah, let me know if you want one up. I'll put one up right there. He said, oh no, I'm satisfied with what I got. But so Sonia and I are standing there looking at our, this, we did one whole length of our backyard and then the rest has a picket fence. And eventually we'll, we'll go probably a section at a time and replace the picket fence. Um, but we were, Sonia's mom came to bless us and she paid for, we wanted a fence. And we didn't, you know, we didn't tell her, we just said, hey, you know, we actually asked her to come out and watch the kids so Sonia could travel with pastor. And then we ended up not going on that trip. Uh, she said, well, I wanna come out anyway and just bless you guys. And she came and she paid for all the materials. And I'm not saying you should run to your mother-in-law, which a lot of people have mother-in-laws to complain about. I have a mother-in-law that buys me stuff all the time. So, you know, uh, and loves on me. So, um, and, but not that she's providing it, but the God is using her as an avenue of blessing into my life. And it showed up at just the right time. Cause, uh, so we, part of the delay of building the fence was we needed a surveyor to come out and we just, I've been talking to him since like January to get out here. And so I finally got a hold of him and he came out while her mom was here and surveyed it. And then after that, it was like the ball was rolling. It's like, gosh, we need a fence. Gosh, we need a fence. Surveyor showed up, mom's here, boom, fence is up. And now our neighbor thinks the company did it. And, but I'm standing there looking at our backyard. It's about from here to maybe where brother Kenny's standing in the back by the back door. Uh, it's about a hundred feet from the house to the edge of the backyard. And we're standing there. We're just like, how did this happen? We have this gorgeous fence and this long backyard. Our house is right here. We've got about four vehicles parked in the yard and Wyatt's running barefoot from one end to the other and Victoria's rolling around in a pile of dirt. And I'm like, God, a year ago, we had none of this. Oh my gosh. And I couldn't done any of it. But in the meantime, we didn't speak contrary. We just kept saying, nope, you're faithful. You're faithful. We're sowing. You said you sow, and it'll come back to us. And, and and you said there was a house for us, so we're not giving up. We could have said, well, every house we go to, they say no, and every person we talk to, they say no. Every every time we talk to our realtor, she says no. Um, and really, our realtor Sonia, we'll, we'll tell you, we changed her name in our phone to House Getting Woman because we had to speak what we wanted to see. Was a, she, that, that lady is a house getting woman for us, whether she says she is or not, or whether her actions are in line with that. And so we actually prayed one day. We said, no, there is a house out there for us. It's been spoken to us. Satan's hands are bound. Angels go and get it. We thank you for it, Father. And we thank you that you, those angels assist our realtor in finding that house. They're going to show it to her. I love what Dr. Winston said uh, recently. Brother Jesse might have quoted it. It said, uh, if you don't have it, God will either bring it to you or bring you to it, or he'll create it. So, so don't speak contrary to the word of God. And I'm going to get off here so pastor can preach. Um, 
Ushers, go ahead and come forward with the buckets. Hold your offerings up. Thank you, Father, for the truth of your word. You said if we would give, it'd be given back to us. Thank you, Father. You said if we would give, it comes back to us abounding, that men shall pour into our bosom so much overflow. I love what one translation says that the into your bosom by the, I think it's the skirt of your loins turned into a sack. You have to bear up your clothes just to hold the amount of stuff being thrown in. Thank you that your word is true, Father. Thank you that you always come through. You never, never, never leave us nor forsake us or lead us on an unpaved road. We are so grateful. Thank you for the help in time of need. In the name of Jesus, amen. That power, that power. Praise God. Such good, good power. Praise God. You can all be seated. Well, happy Independence Weekend. We are all excited to be here today uh, to celebrate um, the freedoms that we have, not only in Christ, but in this country. Through Christ, this country was founded on Christ, and we want to keep Christ in this country. And so we celebrate this beautiful country that we live in. Um, well, we're so happy to see you all this morning. Um, if you have a phone or a device, please silence it. We don't want those going off during service. Uh, no gum or food in the sanctuary. If you'd like to order a CD or DVD, um, y'all know where to get them in the information booth. Um, but pretty soon we have, oh, that's next week actually. We have, so this Saturday and Sunday, we have Pastor Ike Akabogu. Um, he is here this Saturday, 7 p.m., and then Sunday morning, 10 a.m., and 7 p.m. again. So we are so excited to welcome him in, um, to be in the services. Make sure, you know, every time he's here, he's speaking on your dominion, your authority in Christ. Get into those scriptures, because that's what he's going to be speaking on again. Go and see what he has been speaking on. Go back to a service if you're on Facebook or YouTube. You can see the services that he's had. He just had a minister. Uh, mantle conference um, with Pastor Jay Eberly. So if you go to the Jay Eberly, that was the last place he was, and then he's going to be here. So if you meditate on those things, uh, it will bring uh, those higher anointings here uh, because there will be high, there will be higher revelation behind it in each of you, in each of us. Um, and then the week after, we have our church picnic. Um, we are going to go, yeah, praise the Lord. We are going to Miss Sherry and uh, Brother Ron's Lake. Um, but we are also having a water baptism with that. I've already gotten two people who said that they want to get baptized. Um, so we are excited for that. Uh, water baptism is just a way to outwardly show what's on the inside. Uh, to, to all of those around to be a witness um, that you are a born-again believer. And so if you'd like to do that, let me know um, that I did not get a sign-up sheet in the hallway, but I will have a sign-up sheet by Wednesday <laughs> or after service. Um, but that being said, be prepared to bring a meat, a side, or a dessert. Um, that's what we did last year, so that's what I assume we're going to do this year. Um, and then make sure to bring your swimsuit and towel because there will be swimming after that as well. Lots of fun. Um, and then we just have our normally, normal weekly schedule, except we will have Pastor Ike on Saturday night. So be ready for that. Be prayerful. Uh, speak in tongues for those services to prepare yourself. And then we have some celebrations 
this month. Hezron's third birthday is coming up here soon, so we're excited for that. And then Larry Baker's birthday is the next day. Praise God. And then Brother Kenny Baronic, his birthday just a day later. And then Miss Debbie McCarty, her birthday is just a couple days after that. So make sure. Yes, yep, we'll have the rest of the birthdays up later this month. Yep, so praise God, that is the birthdays that are going on uh, for the first part of July. If you see one of these people, make sure to wish them happy birthday. Um, and so if you just want to turn around, children's can be dismissed. Go ahead and dismiss children back. I should have done that before. So if they're not, okay, it's just my children mostly. <laughs> um, um, but yes, turn to the side, bless someone as our pastor comes uh, to preach the word of God. Um, let's say the Pledge of Allegiance. Since this is... All right. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated. Okay. Well, I, the one thing I wanted to tell you, we also, besides this air conditioner, we're going to get a price. We also need a new one in the office section there because um, that's a separate air conditioner and we got a bid on it and that that's the bid is four thousand three hundred and forty six dollars for that covers like that whole area right there in the so anyway we really do need it though because you know why the gas keeps leaking i mean well he calls it gas so i call it gas and i know that you don't really but uh uh it keeps leaking out and what's the sense of that is just ridiculous because <laughs> you know so we need we need a new one over there too amen so let's uh let's pray father i just praise you and worship you lord god i thank you father that you open up the eyes of our understanding as never before and flood our hearts with light and that we're rising higher and higher lord in the spirit realm lord god and making our decisions by the Holy Spirit. We praise you, Lord God, for all that you have done for us, all that you are doing in the United States of America at right now, Lord God, and we know that we have authority in this, in this country and especially in the state of Nebraska. And we thank you, Father, for your supernatural protection that we always live in the land of Goshen. No matter what is going on, Lord God, you are our provider, you are our savior, you're our, you're our everything, you're our all in all. And we trust in you, Lord, with all our hearts, and we don't lean to our understanding or look at, at the world situation, Lord, but we look straight at you, the author and the finisher of our faith. faith. And we thank you, Father that we will develop that faith in between, Lord God. We're the developer of it, but you're the author of it. You are the finisher of it when we cooperate with you. 
So we thank you, Father, that my words are not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in power and demonstration of the spirit of the living God, that our faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Okay, so we're going to talk about being healed again, about healing, and uh, the name of this is Saved and Healed. Uh, so go to, put up Exodus 15:26. And now you got to realize in the Old Testament, they blamed everything on God. So, and that was because of uh, just the verbiage of it. Okay, so, and he, and he said, if thou wilt diligently hearken, listen, to the voice of the Lord thy God, it's not changed anymore, and will do that which is right in his sight, and you will give ear to his commands and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of the diseases upon thee which... See, I hate to even say this. I have brought upon the Egyptians, but the Egyptians opened the door to it. Okay. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now, in that, in that whole scripture, in the, in the Hebrew is the great I am. And that's Jehovah Rapha. And he is I am. Now, if you're being led by the Spirit and you're reading the Bible, even the very first time I read the Bible... That I said, I am. And I went, oh. it was just like power. <laughs> I felt the power of God. And I actually got tears in my eyes because the great, he is the great I am. And he will always be I am from alpha to omega, from the beginning to the end of your life and the lives of all of us. He will. I am. And in that particular scripture, the I am names are the Jehovah, the names of God in the Old Testament, which revealed to the people in the Old Testament what God was and what he could do for you. Well, I want to tell you something that hasn't changed. Okay, so in that particular scripture is Jehovah Rapha, right? Jehovah Rapha. And I'm going to, I just, I'm going to give the rest of them. I am the God, Lord God that heals you. And it's one of the great redemptive, redemptive, see they had to have, they had a form of redemption in the Old Testament, even though Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. So, so Jehovah, Jehovah Shammah, you know, is the Lord who is ever present. Do you know he's present right now? And when he's present, there's more power. Okay, Jehovah Shalom. Everybody know what that one is? The Lord, yeah, the Lord, your peace. Jehovah Skiddu. That's right. He's our righteousness. Jehovah Reah is the Lord, my shepherd. Very good, Sarah. She know them all. Jehovah, you know, and, and who was it? Uh, he, there was a song way back in the 80s. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, his grace is sufficient for me, for me. It was a good song. But you learned who Jehovah Jireh was. What did I sing? My provider. He'll always be our provider. Jehovah Nisi, my victory. My banner or my victory. Okay. So, do you, okay now. 
there's a lot of stuff out there right now and a lot of teaching that healing has passed away constantly. It's in this town. But do you believe he is still your peace and your righteousness and your victory and your shepherd and your provider? And he's always there. He's ever present because he's omnipresent. So that's all true. But gosh, but the healer, he isn't a healer anymore, huh? <laughs> See what I mean? That name has not passed away. He is still our healer, <laughs> no matter what you hear. And you know what? He is always, he always will be your, your healer. Malachi uh, 3, 6 says, I am the Lord and I change not. I could just see him standing there. I am the Lord and I change not. And then Hebrews 13, 8 says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to change. He has... Once he's written the stuff in here, you can't, you can't change it. If you want to know what, what God's will is, here it is. It's in his word, but you got to read it. Okay, so no one has the right to say the great I am no longer heals. Because that whole thing with Jehovah means he has I am. And I am will, right? Do you get that? Okay, so, so. Since the other one still exists, then healing still exists, right? Okay. There's other translation. Um, I, I'm not sure. The Young's translation says, I, Jehovah, am healing thee. I am the Lord your God, and I cure your disease. I should have wrote those down. That, I have a big, fat book. Uh, the message translation says, I am God your healer. Or I am God, your physician, the one who mends you. Uh, I am the one who fixes you. You could change that. To, I am the one who fixes you. I am, okay, and he does, he'll fix us. <laughs> I am the one who exists eternally to make you thoroughly whole. Um, I think that was, uh, I know I remember that. That's one of them I say all the time. So, see, you don't have to go around broken. Now, you know what? We, okay, we have got to get to the point where we're believing this. What if all the electricity goes out? You know, what, what, if, what if all there's blackouts and all this stuff? You don't have nothing. You're going to have to depend on the healer for certain things. And we have to... We have to care about this. Whether you're young and you feel great, you feel like, you know, you run through a troop, leap over a wall, <laughs> and you have feet like Heinz feet. I say that all the time. <laughs> anyway, um, you, you, it doesn't make, something can happen. So, yeah, I don't have to go, you don't have to go around broken, impaired, because he is the God who fixes you. I am the Lord, your physician, who heals you. In another place, it says Dr. Jesus. Okay, so I put the scriptures up there because we want to go through them fast. So uh, Jeremiah 17, 14 says, and I think my husband has, has talked about this. It says, save me and I will be saved. 
Heal me and I will be healed. For you, God, are my praise. For you are my praise. Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me and I will be saved. Now, why did Jeremiah say it like that? You know why? Because save me and I'll be saved. Heal me and I'll be healed. Why? Why? Because the two are connected. Okay. The modern teaching of of the church now, the modern they call it the modern church. Uh, that's why <laughs> the modern modern church has separated healing from salvation and done damage. You know, the very word salvation means healed. healed. That's what's so odd in the, in, the, in the Greek and in the Hebrew. It actually means healed. So they've obscured the truth. And I know from listening to certain things, like um, they have big arguments at conventions. Or I'm telling you, word of faith, people have walked out. So the new birth, when you're born again, and healing are directly connected. They are directly connected. How about Psalm 103? You know, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Then the third verse says, okay, you know, God wrote that way in the Old Testament, and that's the Old Testament because it's a psalm, but he knew ahead of time what was going to happen. So bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all my benefits. Okay, did you put, yeah, you got it up there, good. So most people have narrowed it down to maybe one or two benefits. Actually, after that, he says all the benefits. He forgives all my iniquities and he heals all my diseases. All of them. Has that passed away? Has the word passed away? Say, because the modern church believes we could be saved and not go to hell. But when you get beyond that, they say it might not be God's will to heal you. And see, in verse 3 of Psalm 103, God starts to list all the benefits. There's a lot more. He gives us youth like an eagle, all that stuff. He fills our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like an eagle. And he goes on and on. He provides for you and everything else. See, but most of the church people do not believe verse 3. When I was teaching school, I mean, they were talking about a missionary in some foreign country and he had four or five kids and all of a sudden they diagnosed him with cancer of the brain and or a brain tumor and um and then so I, they asked me to pray and i you know i i actually said this <laughs> he for, forgives all of our iniquities and heals all of our diseases and, and they knew psalm 103 by you know and you would say it right out but people wouldn't catch it uh, there's only so much I could say because they would pray when they probably say, okay, what do you pray? Well, you pray for him. Father, if it's thy will to heal, the, heal that cancer, <laughs> that tumor of the brain, then 
You know, well, you know what? The man did die. And he was young. Early 40s. You know, the devil was trying to get rid of him. See, we've got to get our belief up in all of this. So, see, people believe, do you believe it's his will to forgive all your iniquities so you can be saved? Yep. But not necessarily always to heal you. Now, you know, it, you know, it's the same verse. He forgives all of our iniquities and heals all of our diseases. It's the same verse, but you're saying only one half of it is true. See, in both of them, it says all. And Jesus is the healer of all. And I'm talking to myself, too. Okay, let's go to Luke 5. Now, now you can open your Bibles up if you want, because we're going to go through that whole uh, somewhat. Luke 5. And, and I understand symptoms. You know, okay, so you get, and I, I think I'm jumping ahead of myself here, but you, you when you get born again, you know, you, you take it by faith. When symptoms come on your body, it doesn't seem like you're healed. But see, healing's already a done deal. You have got to receive it by faith, too. But it's harder. I know that, too, because I had lots of symptoms in the last few weeks. Okay. So the devil's just, you know, he's trying to stop us. And he ain't going to do it. Okay. So... We, we can be free. You know what? Because the truth will make you free. And, you know, sometimes we don't even realize how bound up we are until you get the truth of God's word. Because we've been bound up, held back, and missed out because of misconstrued Bible truth. Honestly. honestly. See, with revelation, knowledge, you will begin to realize, I don't have to live this way or put up with it. See, get out of jail. Get yourself out of jail and be free. I want to get out of jail. I was just thinking of you, Mary. I mean, she would get a cat. She got a cat that nobody wanted because it was allergic and losing all of its hair. And, you know, so she was supposed to get all shots every month, you know, and pay for that at the vet. And she says nuts to it. She got one, I think. But then she, then she, she said, I'm praying over that cat. Guess what? It was healed. <laughs> Everything you've told me a bunch of stories about you. And I've we've done the same thing. Okay, so let's go to verse 17. Okay. So on one of those days, as Jesus was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come from every village and town of Galilee. Now look what they came, every single village and every town in Galilee, and Judea, and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So there were preachers, there were doctors of theology, there were, there were, uh, that, that were really had much education in the law of Moses, and, and they were very strict about the law, you know that. They were too, so it's a mass of preachers here. 
And actually what you could call them, they were doctors of religion. Religion, I mean, people think when you say religion, that you mean, I mean it in a bad way. <laughs> I mean religion in a bad way. Religion, I remember Doc, uh, Noel Ramos and he says religion is a mean spirit. It's very mean. That's the spirit that killed Jesus, put him on the cross. But thank God he went to the cross. So there was a whole mass of preachers there. And, and, and at the end of the verse, it says, the power of the Lord was present. Who was that? Jehovah Nisi. <laughs> Nisi. Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Shammah. I think that was the one. Thank you. Good, Verica. <laughs> Okay, so he was there actually to heal the preachers too. The power of him, it was, it was, he was there and he's here right now. But those preachers had come for the wrong motive. They came to trap Jesus's words. They came to find fault with him. Sure they did to get Jesus in trouble. But you know what? God's mercy wanted to heal, even the preachers. And, and God's mercy wanted to heal. That God is a merciful God. I mean, for crying out loud, Jesus was about to go to the cross and, and just be tor tortured and tormented just for our healing. But those religious spirits were sitting there real mean, you know, judgmental. <laughs> snooty, <laughs> prideful, arrogant, and sitting, we're smarter than Jesus. <laughs> so see, Jesus, Jesus wanted to heal them, and they, they more likely had problems too. Everybody has something. Okay, because he knew he would die for all of them. So there was great power present because Jesus himself was there. Okay. He hadn't gone to the cross yet. Now the spirit of God was hovering over them to give them a chance. Come get healing. All right. Is it possible for God's healing power to be present and no one get healed? Y'all believe that? Yeah, that's right. See, then you blame it on to Jesus when you're not, or blame it on to God when you're not healed. Can't do that. Nope. <laughs> okay. Jehovah Shammah and Jehovah Rapha were present there. Okay. God can't make anyone be saved. He can't force them, and he cannot force you to receive healing. He can't force me either. You have to receive it. How did you receive salvation? By faith. You spoke words. Same way that you're going to, you get, he can't, he, he's, okay. Jesus isn't healing anybody anymore because he's done it. It's all done. He did it on the cross. He went up to heaven and he turned his authority over to you. When he, you know, all of these things, you got me to, I have to reiterate them to myself. You know, and I know it's the symptoms that get to people. Okay, verses 18 and 19. 
And behold, some men were bringing on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed, and they tried <laughs> to carry him in. They tried to carry him in. They even had the doorway blocked. There were so many preachers there that day. And they wanted to lay him before Jesus, but they couldn't get through the crowd. It would be like it was just really, really tight in the crowd, packed in there. Verse 19, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof <laughs> and they lowered him with his stretcher. Think about this. This is a true story. Through the tiles through the shingles into the midst in front of Jesus. And what if somebody right now, what if this was so packed, they couldn't get through the door and all of a sudden all this dust would be flying and junk would be coming down on our, you know what? There was probably a bunch of junk going in those preachers' hair <laughs> and their beards. They all had beards in those days, long beards, didn't they? The Jewish people. <laughs> But see, the guys with the best seats weren't receiving. <laughs> but the ones who were ready and hungry and believed couldn't even get in the building. Ain't that like the devil? <laughs> but you know what? They, they went far above anything that they could have ever thought. Think about this. See, we look at these stories and read them and think, you know, this really happened. This stuff really happened. Okay, so I'm sure that all of a sudden those preachers, instead of sitting there, well, Jesus, what do you have to say? You know, and it distracted him for a while. And, and I imagine Jesus said, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Father God. <laughs> okay, now verse 20. And when he saw their confidence in him springing from their faith. So it says faith is the confidence of things hoped for. Faith and confidence are kind of the same word. You have confidence, okay? Oops, he said, man, your sins are forgiven. Okay. So finally, there was someone there with faith. And you could, can you see faith? Let's put it that way. They saw some faith. Sometimes you can see faith. No, you really can't, but, you, but they did see faith because they went out of their way they must have had so much faith to believe. Think, now this is guys, a quadriplegic or more. And he's on this, this little, uh, no, I mean a stretcher th type of thing. What do you, what do you call it? Uh, we used to flip patients over. It was probably just the cot, cot thing. And, and they had to make all these holes in the roof. And they could have, and then the ropes, they had to put them around. And that man himself would probably been a little leery that maybe it would go and flip over and fall down. And of course, what did he have to lose? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and they themselves had to climb down and through that roof. And you know what? This was, and from all history, this was Jesus's house. 
on the on the lake. Uh, yeah, on uh huh. Yep, uh, at Capernaum. So anyway, okay. So you could see their faith by what they did, going out of their way, coming through the roof. And it was or could have been very dangerous. So Jesus saw the paralyzed man's faith and his friend's faith, all three of them. And he said, he said, though, to the paralyzed man, just like that, when he came there, he said, did he say, you are healed? No. He said, man, your sins are forgiven. We well, came for healing. But the, and see, this one, this one uh, story in the Bible really shows you that about that faith that we have salvation and healing. Healed, I'm healed, <laughs> and I'm healed. <laughs> I'm saved, and I'm saved. Okay, so let's see. He said, man, your sins are forgiven. He didn't say, man, you are healed. Kind of interesting, huh? Did Jesus misunderstand by saying that? Your sins are forgiven. Because he came for healing. <laughs> Did he say forgiveness and healing are two different things? Did he? So when Jesus said that there was tension in the room because they were just looking for something for him to say wrong and they thought he did it. We got him. Aha, we caught him. <laughs> Verse 21. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason and question and argue among themselves, saying, Who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? They were saying, well, Jesus, maybe you could heal because we've heard some rumors about you healing, you know, but forgiving sins. But see, this was in the Old Testament in Jeremiah. And actually, these preachers of religion, that's what they knew was the Old Testament. And they should have known, Jeremiah 17, 14, that, that save me and I'll be saved. Heal me and I'll be healed. So we, we, we you know, we must know he forgives and heals. He does now, and he did them, because the word cannot change. Once it's written, it's forever settled in heaven. I could give you a whole bunch of scriptures. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word won't pass away. He, you know, the word, Jesus is the word. So, see, okay. So, and he said, all your iniquities and our and all your are forgiven and all your diseases are healed. Psalm 103, Old Testament. Because Jesus is your healer. He's the Lord who fixes you. <laughs> Jehovah Rapha. So they came to find a problem with Jesus' doctrine and they thought they found it. So we come to church looking for answers. Not to criticize the preacher. However, I must say in the past, I have had that happen. I've had this lady run up once, you know, and she said, you said something. Uh, I just didn't finish it because it wasn't significant to the story. It was about some new, old, it was somebody, the woman in the Old Testament. Anyway, 
<laughs> it was ridiculous. And I thought, oh, that's, it, it wasn't significant to what, what I was preaching. I couldn't remember quite what it was, but I just, whatever. <laughs> See, we should be looking for help. So we can come up spiritually when we come to church. Okay, verse 22. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts and questionings, answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? And verse 23, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise and walk? Right there, he connected them. He connected those things again. Okay, verse 24. Uh, okay, but the... Now, even, even that verse 23, those words of Jesus are recorded forever. They're recorded forever. And notice he didn't say which one is harder. Did you notice that? He says, which is easier? <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah, he was positive, see? It's just like, is it partly sunny or partly cloudy? <laughs> Do you ever think of that? If you're a sunny person, you'll say it's partly sunny. <laughs> but see, which is easier? To say your sin, he didn't say which is harder. He To say your sins are forgiven you or to say arise and walk. So because, you know what? Both are easy. Healing is easy and, and salvation is easy. All we have to do is believe it and receive it. And he does, he does the rest. And this is not greasy grace teaching. <laughs> it's just that we've got to be receivers. So verse 24. But that you may know that the Son of Man has the power of authority and the right on earth to forgive sins... He said to the paralyzed man, I say to you, arise, pick up your litter, your stretcher, and go to your own house. <laughs> this is another thing. He said, son of man. He didn't say son of God. <laughs> so, okay, let's see where it was. Okay, so. Okay, we haven't meditated enough or been taught this enough. We really haven't because they are both connected to the same source of the problem. Now listen to this. They're connected to the same source of the problem and joined to the same solution in redemption. Oh, we're going to get into this, but I'm not trying. Sometimes the sin is causing it, and you've got to ask God where it is. It could be even that you're out of the plan of God. But, but, however, oh, I got way ahead of myself. This is at the end of the survey. But I'm just going to tell you this. So you don't think I'm condemning you. It's also Adam's curse because he said, sin and someday we just plain get attacked but it's either those two but it wouldn't hurt ourselves to check see we think to be healed is harder than to be forgiven and again because you receive forgiveness by faith 
and then you look, you look toward the flesh, the symptoms. And see, even in Nancy Dufresne's, that one book that she has, uh, Healing Bread, and it says, do not check your body to see if you're healed. Don't check your body. Why would you check your body when it's a spiritual thing and not a flesh thing? That takes some meditation to think about that. Okay, so see, because we receive forgiveness and then we look toward the flesh for healing instead of receiving it, that it's already a done deal. So according to that scripture, if you can be healed, you are forgiven. And if you are forgiven, you can be healed. Which one's easier? They're the same. If you're forgiven, you can be healed. If you're healed, you can be forgiven. See, it's provided the same way, but you got to receive it by faith with the word of God. And the devil has made it confusing and obscured in the teaching and even in the, in the seminaries. Okay, go to Matthew 9, 6. And this, is, this is, I know what's wrong with the mic. <laughs> anyway, Matthew 9, 6 is the same account. I got to stay over here. In fact, I'm going to move this a little. Watch out for the volume. Thank you. Yeah, move it a little bit if for some reason. Okay, that's good. Okay. Uh, Matthew 9, 6. So you can put it up there out of the Amplified. Okay. This is the same account, but it was written by Matthew instead of Luke. Okay. So, but in order that you may know that the son of man has, son of man, Jesus was the son of man when he walked the earth. And so do we have authority because we are the sons of men. <laughs> okay. Has authority on the earth to forgive sins. What? And remit the penalty. He then said to the paralyzed man, get up, pick up your sleeping pad and go to your own house. See, he said it in a little bit different way. Okay, same account. Now, all of a sudden, I was thinking about sometimes at Easter that I've used this scripture in John 20, 23. See, the authority, Jesus turned the authority over to us. And before Jesus left the disciples, now, those disciples had to get the church did not start in the book of Acts. The church started before Jesus even, he, he went, okay, he said to them, whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. You got that power. Whose sins you retain, they are retained. See, you cannot forgive somebody and keep it. But I'm telling you, it'll make you sick. It'll start coming on your body or it'll start... Uh, it'll, it'll start attacking you. Your you sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Who sins you retain, you're going to retain them. That sin's probably going to come out in you. And prison, well, when I was a teenager, I remember this guy from West Point, Nebraska. And, you know, we were hanging around him. He said, my father drinks, 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 beats. I hate it. He said, I'll never drink in my life. Later on, I found out when I got older, a little bit of my 20s, big deal. <laughs> anyway, um, I found out that he was drinking like a fish. See, and he had terrible unforgiveness for his father, 
We met a prisoner who did the same thing with his mother. His mother, his brother had to take care of him. And when he was three and four years old, they lived on the streets of Los Angeles, or it might have been San Francisco. And, and he said, uh, he said, my brother was, my five-year-old brother was feed, trying to give me food and help me. I mean, it's pathetic. And he said, I, my mother was a drug addict and an alcoholic. And he said, she never took care of us. And I resented her. And he said, because of that, I went in and out of prison until he was 40 or 50. I think he was 50. And you know what? Then he began, but he became so reformed because he got teaching in, in the prison. You know what? To forgive. And he forgave his mother and he stayed out of prison then. And I remember, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? He actually became so so, so good and so good with the word of God that Teens Challenge hired him <laughs> to help with, uh, you know, to counsel. Anyway, uh, that, just, just remember that you've got the power in you to forgive once you're a Christian. So note the power to forgive the sins and to remit the penalty. To get rid of the penalty of the sin. If a sin is forgiven, there should be no penalty for the sin. Right? If the sin problem is fixed, the penalty problem is fixed. If the sin problem is fixed, the sickness problem is fixed. If the sin problem is fixed, the lack problem is fixed. If the sin problem is fixed, the oppression-depression problem gets fixed. <laughs> it's the truth. I mean, this is like, oh my gosh, I was excited to give this to Okay, if the sin problem is fixed, the penalty problem is fixed. If the sin problem is fixed, the sickness problem can give. Now don't see, but now remember what I said before. Some of the attacks on our body are also from Adam's curse. So, I mean, you go, oh, but, well, okay. So, if the sin problem is fixed, the lack problem is fixed. If the sin problem is fixed, the oppression and depression problem is fixed. Okay, so, does sin glorify God? No. Forgiveness does, doesn't it? So I want, I want to just, I put under here, I said, and I'm talking, okay, don't gossip about people, especially in the church, anybody. And, and don't judge. That's really dangerous right now. Walk in love. See, sickness, see, sin doesn't glorify God, neither does, does sickness glorify God. But healing glorifies God. Does being in bondage glorify God? No, deliverance does, right? So the religious people, you know, they'll tell us just the opposite, though. So does defeat glorify God? No, victory does. See, don't let other people deceive you. Immediately, that man got up and he was paralyzed. Was he sinful? Paralyzed people can't be righteous? 
Is that true? No. No. Yes, they can be forgiven and healed by faith in Jesus. Now, there may have been, because there's a lot of, in the Bible, it talks about unclean spirits. I'm telling you that unclean spirit will try to get to men, try to get to women, women too. And that is a hugey. I'm talking pornography. I'm talking all kinds of perverted, okay? So sin and forgiveness is a serious thing and to continue to sin is also serious because of the consequences. Well, you know, what did it take Jesus to do to purchase our forgiveness? I mean, it was horrible what he did on the cross to purchase our forgiveness and, and our healing. I mean, we are washed clean and forgiven. Meditate sometime on the cross. And, there, you know, there's so much, like in Rick Renner's, uh, and I, I mean, I have, I could give you, I'll copy stuff off for you if you want. So you can meditate on, because he gets in detail about all the whipping and everything else. Okay, but really, one of the greatest miracles we can have was the t when we got born again because of what Jesus did on the cross. And we ought to honor it. But see, there's times, all of our sins, now, some people have this mixed up. So all of our sins are forgiven. I remember somebody that came to our church, we had to straighten that out. Uh, uh, all of our sins from the time we got born again in the past are forgiven. But then, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You know what? Maybe you were mad at somebody. Maybe you told somebody uh, what they, you know, what that what they were doing wrong or something to that effect. And you know what? Confess that. I mean, get rid of it. But he'll forgive you just like that. And then you got to forgive yourself. I mean, I, I don't want to be gross here, but I'm going to say all kind. I mean, I can say all kinds of things with uncleanness. Get rid of that unclean spirit. Yes. Porno. Sex before marriage. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not trying to hurt you. It's in the Bible. It's called fornication. And it says, get rid of it. I can give you scriptures like that. I mean, and, but you know, but it's okay. You, you know, that if that's your past, if that's your past, that's your past. But see, Encourage other people not to do it because the whole system of society says you gotta you should sleep together before you're, you're that is not true. There's there's it's garbage now. And you're you're opening the door to stuff. But it's not just that, it's all kinds of stuff. You gotta get detailed with yourself even. Not, not to a point where you're getting, uh, like me, like because of how I was taught in my denomination under condemnation. And I still get into that now. I can tell you that right now, and I got to get rid of it. So what are you doing wrong? So, so I get some symptoms of me. I go, what are you doing wrong? You, but see, it gets higher and higher for you. 
Are you in the wrong plan? Are you doing something? Oh my gosh, on the way here, I was listening to an excerpt of a little, uh, a little time I had. Uh, I'm going to make a joke out of that, but I won't. No. <laughs> no, I know. Slow <laughs> down. Anyway, then I said, is this sin for me yet, God? <laughs> Speeding. <laughs> I, I still I don't feel convicted of it. Okay. Well, anyway, what was I saying? No, but okay. She was talking about after her husband died, she had $6 million debt. She was being sued for this and that, and the IRS was after her. And in the midst of all that, God said, I want you to look into the... Uh, the house that she's in. What? what what's her name? Yeah, the castle. Yeah, and she went, God. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and she said it was like piling something on top of it. But, but she said, okay, God, I will look into it. But do you care if I laid that aside until I can get some of these other things? And he says, yes, but I want you to look into it. And she said, because of that, I could have opened the door for more things. When the plan of God, you know, and somebody even, he tells you, you need to get out of that house. See, he knew that house, their kids were going to move out and, and that she was huge, the one she, he wanted way back, her husband. And the Lord had even told her several years before he died that she was going to only live in there four years. And that was true. And she didn't know why. She said, why, Lord? I thought we'd lived this one forever. Yeah. And it, and it was because he knew that her husband was going to go. Anyway, so see, even things like that, when you're on the rank that she is, or even in a past, or whatever you are, and you're not in God's plan, they could open the door. God's telling you to come to church on Wednesdays, that, and you don't, I mean, honestly, stuff start can go. So, see, don't, don't let other people deceive you. See, immediately that man got up, and he was paralyzed. Was he sinful? Yeah, he could have been. You know what? So sin and forgiveness is a very serious thing. So, okay. Now, you, you receive salvation just like you receive forget, uh, healing. And it's not your job to fix you. You have the Lord, Jehovah Rapha, to fix you. You don't cleanse yourself to get saved, do you? So why would you think you, you, the healing thing, there's something wrong in your area, not his area, because he already did it. What I'm talking about, God, why won't you heal me? How come God won't heal me? I'm tired of this pain. I'm tired of what doing this and that. Check yourself. You see what I'm talking about? Okay, so go to Romans 5. Okay. Verse 1 and then verse 9. Ooh, not very bright over there. Okay, therefore, since we are justified, 
just as if we had never sinned. We are acquitted and declared righteous. That means you got born again. You're all looking at this because this is, therefore, since you are justified, you are just as if you had never sinned. You are acquitted like you would be in a courtroom. You're declared righteous and given a right standing with God through faith. But you received that by faith. I'm righteous by faith. All right. Let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy. He reconciled us on the cross. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Now, verse 9. Therefore, since we are justified and acquitted and made righteous and brought into right relationship with God by Christ's blood, how much more certain is it that we shall be saved by him from the indignation and the wrath of God? Well, just before you put up verse, the next verse, just wait. It's not his will that anyone should perish. Okay, put up verse 10. For if while we were enemies, we, we were enemies of God. But he went to the cross and he reconciled us to God through the death of his son. It is much more certain now that we are reconciled, that we shall be saved and daily delivered from sin's dominion, from sin's dominion through his resurrection life. See, you got the power to resist. You cannot become a Christian and then say, oh, I just can't stop this habit of drugs. I can't stop drinking. Yes, you can. I can't stop looking at pornography. You've got more power in you to resist this stuff than you ever did. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things. Blaming God, uh, gossip, you know, looking. Oh, anyway. Okay, now verse 11. Not only so, but we also rejoice in exultingly glory in God, in his love, in his perfection, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received and enjoy our reconciliation. But see, if you aren't enjoying it, there's something wrong. Okay, next verse. Verse 12. Therefore, as sin came into the world through one man. Who was that one man? Who was the one man? Who was it? It was Adam. This is important to know. And death as the result of sin. Death came in. See? So death spread to all men. No one being able to stop it or to escape its power because all men sinned. That's why Jesus had to come and reconcile us. Because Adam's, Adam, Adam's sin was going to make us go to hell. That's why we got to get people born again. Do you realize they're going to go to hell? <laughs> See, that one man is Adam and death came by sin. And the wages of sin is a death cycle in your life. When you read in Genesis about creation, just think about this. And see, because we blame stuff on God. Some people do. 
Which day did God create cancer? <laughs> well, it's the truth because people blame it on to God. What day did he, can't, he, he create pneumonia or heart trouble or, or uh, sickness or any kind? AIDS or whatever it is. How, okay, sickness and disease, deformity entered in because of Adam's sin. And it opened the door to the curse of the law and death. All right? So there would never have been any sickness if there had been no sin with Adam. Right? He disobeyed. There would have been no poverty, no depression. So sickness in the body can work death. And so can poverty in the material realm. Sure it can. And in your body, because maybe you can't afford to even eat right, get, you know, or do, do get, go to a doctor or whatever. And you could even, people, there's people that are starved to death without money. Not so much in the United States, but other countries. But both are the same thing. It's evil stuff. And God does not teach his children by the things of death. If God approves of poverty and sickness, he would have also approved of what let them in, sin. If God approves of poverty and sickness, he would have approved of sin. Because sin and that whole thing is the same thing. He redeemed us from three things. And everybody believes this one. They believe that we can be saved. We got to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But forget the poverty. See, and the devil distorted that thing too. And um, poverty and, and, yeah, sickness and disease. So... Remember, I said this last week, sickness is the foul offspring of, of its father, Satan, and its mother, sin. So sin and sickness are not the work of God. They were not the work of God, but a lot of people blame them. We may even be. God gets the glory in everything he does. There is no bad in God, and he could not have put it. But the devil, ha ha. He came to steal from you, to kill and destroy, right? Poverty and sickness, disease, inability, depression, lack. Don't they steal from you when you're sick? They'll steal your wages. They'll steal, you know, even steal because you could be crabbier if you had a long illness with your family. <laughs> anyway, they come to destroy you. See, the Lord gets glory from life. And the word life means all good stuff. And from you being forgiven of your sins. See, and your needs being met. He loves it when your needs are met. He wants you to have abundance. And living life with joy and with peace. Instead of worry and fear and doubt and all this stuff. Being healthy being blessed with abundance. You know what? So that you can serve him. See, what good does it do God when you can't get out of bed or minister to people or you're too poor and sick to help in the kingdom of God and you die prematurely? What good was it to God? God needs us healthy. 
and strong. He needs us rich. He needs us able to move and go strong. I'll tell you what, I panicked. It was at uh, Mandy's first baby shower. And my knee swelled up on this side, and I'd never experienced that before. And I got up off the chair, and I couldn't walk. And I, I paid, people had to help me out to the car. And I wasn't uh, familiar with, you know, just haven't had the symptoms. And, uh, anyway, I made an appointment at Ortho West in Omaha, and um, I can remember, though, I was so upset because I thought this is going to inhibit me from standing at the pulpit. This is going to inhibit me from preaching. And I, I don't want my life. I started too late. And that, you know what? And I was so upset about it. My blood pressure was 215 over 105. And it would not go down while I was, ugh. and they went, do you have a headache? We can take you to the emergency room. <laughs> they thought it was having a stroke. You know, it was pure. Fear. Yes, it was actually fear. No, that's okay. You don't have to laugh about it. It was fear. I'm fearful because of not being able to go on. That's how much it meant to me. So, so no disease or lack is a blessing. And people say, well, this disease was a blessing in disguise. No, it wasn't. It's a curse. And a curse is a curse, and you and I are not cursed. We are blessed. And if we are forgiven, we have the right to be healed. Now, I'm just pumping myself up because of... <laughs> so when you mention sickness and sin, we could all get uncomfortable. <laughs> because it's connected to forgiveness and healing. So, you know, people sometimes get, get angry, but am I suggesting you've sinned? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Are you suggesting you haven't? <laughs> See, the Bible connects it. Let's go to James 5, and I'll show you what it says there, because there's just some things that really show you in the word. <laughs> James, uh, James 5, verse 14. <clears throat> now, this is King James, right? I think I put King James. Uh, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of Jesus. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up and get this and if he has committed sins they shall be forgiven him then it says confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much so I you know it doesn't mean that, okay, now I'm going to confess all my faults. Your turn, John. Your turn, Jolene. Your turn, Mary. Your turn, Tony. No, no. no. It's just that, you know what? I, I, just once in a while, you know, you can say, you know, I've, be honest with yourself. Be honest with other people. 
but the whole thing is we can be forgiven just like that. What a blessing that is to be forgiven. Okay, there was a story in the, the uh, Healing Bread also that said that this woman was in the hospital and she was dying of cancer. And so the elders of the church came in and they prayed over her and they said the prayer of faith. And then the pastor said to her, now if, if there's any you know, sins, because it says that in verse 16, confess your faults one to another. And she said, I was angry with my church and with my brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I gossiped about him a lot. And she, she was dying of cancer. Guess what? And she said, I know now that that was the reason. And she, be, she, she was healed. She was healed. And she went in front of the congregation and she apologized to all of them. It must have been something really, you know. So that's huge. These are true stories, just recent stories. So, so now it is true that if you have something wrong with you, that, that we know right away you have sinned. <laughs> hey, you can look at me. I'm a good lady. <laughs> my blood pressure was high the other day when I went to the doctor. My, 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 this knee's been hurting. My hip's been hurting. And I've told some of you. But see, well, who knows? You know? However, it could be the problem. So be honest with yourself and the Lord. See, if you keep doing it. Now, see, if you know you're not supposed to do something, you keep doing it. I mean, we know too much, and I'm telling you right now, it could be something that's hurting your body, too. Be careful. See, maybe you missed it, yes, but thank God you know someone who takes care of it, of the sin, right? He takes care of the sin and the sickness. And you can just go to him privately. <laughs> See, he forgives all of our iniquities and he heals all of our diseases. All of them. Okay. So in the Old Testament, it says, by sin, we were cursed. Well, okay, go to John 9, verses 1 and 2. Actually, in 3 and 4 too, but 1 and 2 first. See, these things kind of prove stuff here. John 9, 1 and 2 says, and the, oh, okay. John 1, John 9, I mean, verses 1 and 2. Hallelujah. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from birth, born blind. Verse 2. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? In the Old Testament, it said that by sin you were cursed. Why was the baby born blind? Now, we say this because sickness was a curse in the Old Testament. Because he sinned or his parents. And Jesus said, neither one but why was it? It was because of Adam's sin. 
Okay, put verse 3 and 4 up there. Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Verse 4. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. See, they, they wanted to fix the blame, and Jesus wanted to fix the problem. It's so fun. Oh, look what that person's doing. Stop it. Ooh, judgment. Because of Adam's sin, disease came into the earth. Okay? So people may get upset over this, but it is a good thing to know this. All of this. See, it goes back to the garden. Now, you can look at this too. Not only are you know, was because that was there, there was a curse. Guess what else was cursed? Animals and plants. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and the ground. They get disease, right? When did plants and animals sin? <laughs> or the ground? <laughs> see, in like matter, see, you could encounter something even though you didn't sin. What if you're not even a believer yet? But see, those believers don't know. I didn't know anything. Nobody told me I was supposed to receive Jesus. I was 40 years old. See, remember the, the enemy is always ready to administer condemnation. And he's a liar and a deceiver. And don't be like him. He is the accuser of the brethren. Let's say you missed it in faith. And you sinned. We've all missed it, right? Jesus told some, some of those he healed, go and sin no more. Now, see, that's key. You could get healed by anybody, by me laying hands on you, somebody coming up here, laying hands on you, and then it comes back. But he said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come on you. He told them not to sin anymore. He caught the woman, they caught, the Pharisees caught the woman in adultery. And remember, Jesus saved her. <laughs> and um, I think that was a whole setup. But see, she, he told her to sin no more. See, if you're going to get healed, and then you come and do something that's harmful even to your body, or looking at something that's harmful to your mind, or that kind of thing, it's not going to work. The healing isn't going to stay. And if you sinned, you will know it. Sometimes, see, I was taught this, though, way back. You had to realize my age. It, it isn't like this anymore, but I was taught this by religion to, you know, just, just really check all your sins constantly. And I have a habit. I still, ugh, I got to get rid of that because I get under condemnation. Too easy. And see... If you really sinned, you're going to know it. And if you don't think you did yet, and you got attacked, don't, and see, that's it. I would be tormented by hunting for where I might have missed it. And I ain't going to do that anymore. <laughs> because it took my joy, and it took my peace, and it made me sicker. <laughs> 
See, maybe you didn't sin. The curse is still in the earth and the devil likes to use it to attack you because you're going upwards. What if you're not a believer? You're going to get attacked and not know what to do. And also some untaught Christians don't know what to do. Okay. So unbelievers get attacked. So being a human being on the planet makes you vulnerable. It does. It makes you vulnerable to difficulties. So don't get under condemnation. You know, imperfections in our bodies, in the, there's imperfections in our bodies. There's imperfections in the atmosphere. There's imperfections all over the place because of the curse on earth. There's still a curse on earth. And we say, well, gosh, God could have pretended he could have uh, helped my pipes not to get rusty. <laughs> Come on, there's a curse on earth. <laughs> don't, don't get flaky with it either. But see, just remember this. If you know you did sin, there's a forgiver and there's a healer. And no matter how you acquired a problem, whether it's the curse or if you did something stupid and opened the door... You, could, you and God can discuss that. <laughs> Either way, I can be forgiven and healed. And I don't have to wait till next week. <laughs> okay. So, and I, I'm closing up on this now. But stop yielding, if you are, to condemnation. I have to talk to myself. And searching for something you did wrong. If you don't know, be happy. Yeah, amen. No babies. You know what? Well, see, this is me. Well, I should have done this. And if I hadn't done them, then that, that wouldn't have happened in the church. Or that person would have happened. I would just, that's been the story of my life. <laughs> you know, it's a bunch of junk. <laughs> and the tri devil tries to undermine your confidence. And what did I say another word for confidence was? Faith. And that's honestly what happened to me. So that's why I'm saying this sermon for me, but I hope it's helping you. <laughs> and so you, your faith starts to wane and, and you become more useless in the kingdom. See, you receive healing and forgiveness by faith. And that's in confidence. Confidence, faith. Faith is the confidence of things hoped for. So, for sure, none of us deserves forgiveness, right? But it's a gift. Amen. And it's still a gift. And none of you deserve it, but receive it by the mercy of God. See, Jesus came to earth to take care of the sin problem and the sickness problem. You know, and just, just okay, let's just read Isaiah 53, 1 through 5. Then we're going to say a prayer, and we're going to sing a song and dismiss. Okay, verse 1. Did I say Amplified or King James? Um, uh, I don't, yeah, it, yeah. Okay. Who has believed and trusted in and relied upon and clung to our message of that which was revealed to us? Ooh, 
There's a lot of scriptures to back that one up in the New Testament, especially in the Gospels. <laughs> and to whom has the arm of the Lord been disclosed? And I can tell you right now, I've studied this so many times, the arm of the Lord is disclosed to those who have hearing ears when it's being preached to. Opened ears. For the servant of God grew up before him. They're talking about Jesus growing up before God the Father. Like a tender plant. Now here's what God said that living word was way back maybe 20 years ago. And like a root out of dry ground. Jesus had no form or comeliness, royal, royal kingly pomp, that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. Even when he walked in Jerusalem on the earth, he was despised and rejected and forsaken by man. He was a man of sorrow. He was a man of pain. He, he, he knew pain and acquainted with grief. Another word for grief was sickness. This was another thing. They had a convention, and I know this from history in uh, that they had a convention and they just couldn't believe that God would heal. And so they, they called it, they called grief sickness and they called uh, pain sorrow. <laughs> we are kind of sorrowful when you're in pain. <laughs> but, okay, but that, that wasn't right. Those words right out. I got a Hebrew Bible interpreted into English and it just says plain sickness and pain. There ain't, there's no grief or sickness stuff in it. Okay, is acquainted with grief and sickness, but those are the same word. And like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. He took all that stuff when you're rejected. He took it himself because he experienced it. And then it says, surely, absolutely, you can't miss. It's guaranteed. He has borne our... Well, it says grief, but see, it interprets it, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. He took them, he took them, he took them, he took them. And when you take something, you actually obliviate it. You get rid of it. He took it so we didn't have to, because I looked up the word took, do. Oh, I got this somewhere. Anyway, in distresses and carried our pain. It says sorrow and pain, but it's pain of punishment for sin. See? Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. Actually, the people did. They thought, well, he must have been a blasphemy. You know, he was a good guy and some good stuff happened, but he blasphemed. And that's why they got away with dying on the cross. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Those are things that we do now. Offenses, wrong, wrongdoing that we do now. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. Iniquities are deeply rooted, premeditated choices, continued without repentance. Like David with Bathsheba. Is an example because he actually had her husband killed because she got pregnant. Uriah, that's right. Is he meditated on it that long? Okay, but yet 
God said, I yet have to find a man like David. He's a man after my own heart. <laughs> He's he, up there in heaven. But see, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. Iniquities could be something like generational curses trying to come back down on you from your great, 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 great grandfather. Could be alcohol, drugs, you know, um, unable to control all kinds of stuff. Um, tendency, there's a tendency to uh, wind up in prison or to do things that are bad. You know, there's a family out there. They all died because their father was in um, in a what? Bootlegger. It tries to go down the line. So be aware of that because you can overcome that because you're a Christian. But be aware of weaknesses. Okay, so, all right. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being was upon him. He was humiliated down in the basement of wherever that was. They stripped him naked. All kinds of stuff happened to him. I mean, he was the seven-inch thorns stuck in his head. And, they, and what, three to 600 soldiers came by him and hit him in the head so, and spit in his face while his hands were tied behind him. That was for your chastisement. So don't get upset. Somebody rejects you. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. It's a known fact that bruises bring healing. So, I mean, that, that's it. And the thing about... About all that was so. See, did he have to have the thorns on his head? Did he have to be spit upon and have uh, what, what whipped? He didn't have to even be whipped. It was enough that he died on the cross. But he paid the price for us. Spirit, so we can get born again. Soul, my mind, will, and emotions. And your mind, you don't have to have dementia. You don't have to have ADDH. I don't care if they diagnosed or bipolar. I don't care. It's, it's done. He forgave you. It's done. It should be. See, renew your mind with the word. That's, that's it. And, and our bodies, too. Our bodies are important because they give us the ch ch chance to keep ministering the gospel. See, he paid for our peace, our mental, emotional health. So my blood pressure doesn't have to go up and get anxiety because I was in fear because of that. Like I wouldn't be able to go on. Ah! <laughs> and for our poverty, poverty, for our poverty, for our finances, because he wants us to be rich. To Jesus, see, but it's the whole thing you've... It's, we tell you about tithing, yeah, that's, that's a factor in things. To Jesus, it's the same to be forgiven and healed. How do you know you're forgiven? Is it because you feel and act righteous? Nope, has nothing to do with it. Do you really feel clean and righteous? How do you know? You believe it no matter how you feel because it is the word of God and it is written. And you have to have more and more 
confidence, more and more faith. You get freer, happier, joyful. You know, it's not based on tormenting thoughts of what did I do wrong. Neither unfor you know, forgiveness nor healing is based on a test, on the doctor's report, on the symptoms, seeing the lack in your bank account or feelings. See, don't be condemned by still having a symptom or some unrighteousness or not having enough money. Don't be condemned by those things. Just ask God what to do, you know? Your job is to receive forgiveness, to be cleansed and to be healed, no matter what you feel, no matter what you see, all that stuff. Amen. So, I mean, this is, praise God, right? Isn't that, I hope I ended up on good news. But, yeah, so, I mean, we just got to practice this stuff. So let's all stand up and we'll say a prayer and then we're going to sing a patriotic song <laughs> to end it. It's about time. <laughs> What'd you say? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> you British woman, you. <laughs> okay, so you know what? Let's, let's repent to God, maybe for not believing. So just, Father God, I believe in you. And I believe that Jesus paid the price for all my sins, for all my mistakes. He took it on himself. And he also paid the price for my healing and my deliverance. And I, by faith, I receive your forgiveness. And I do receive this Jesus as my savior. And as my healer. And I receive my forgiveness. I receive my cleansing. I receive righteousness. I receive healing. I receive restoration. I receive strength. I receive soundness in my mind. And I say by the stripes of Jesus. I am healed. I am healed. Amen. Amen. <laughs>